You are listening to the Real Housewives of the Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rogers. In this sweet space, you'll hear from women who are like you and some that are not. We will talk about how God is walking with us through the good and the hard on subjects like marriage, homemaking, friendships, ministry, parenting, and seeking God. You will also hear from me sharing what God is doing in my own heart. The enemy of our souls wants us to feel alone, and that couldn't be further from the truth. So if you are like me and need that reminder, join us as we laugh and cry together, giving God the glory through the stories of our lives. Today's episode is another one I wouldn't recommend for little ears. We are continuing the theme of talking with some women God is using to shed light in some pretty dark places and help set the captives free. My guest today is Marlene. Her ministry is called Hidden Jewels. She does outreach to women who are working as exotic dancers. She meets them where they are at and connects them with resources, and most of all, reminds them they are beautiful in the eyes of God. I'm excited for you all to hear her heart. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Real Housewives of the Kingdom. Today, I am joined by, uh, I'm going to say she's a second-time guest, but technically this is the first time you're hearing her because (laughs) the first time we did this interview, which was almost exactly a year ago today, Mm -hmm. Uh, the enemy tried to silence it. And, uh, so we could not air what we had recorded. We had, uh, some things that we couldn't air it. And, um, but here we are and, uh, that, and I'm just really excited to start this interview today. Today, my guest is Marlene and me and Marlene have been friends since I think we met when we were 11, I'm thinking 11. Mm-hmm. 11. Yes. And we went to church together and, <laughs> um, ho- did homeschool stuff a little bit together. And so she is a precious woman of God, but I'm going to let her, uh, tell us a little bit about herself and then we'll dive into the subject of today. Welcome, Marlene. Hi, thank you for having me, Caroline. I love your podcast. I love the name of the podcast, The Real Housewives of the the Kingdom. Amen. Those are the real housewives because we're doing it God's way, (laughs) doing our best to do so, right? Amen. (laughs) Yes, my name is Marlene and I have been following Christ uh, since I was 12 years old. Grew up in the church, but made that decision for myself to have a relationship with God and pursuing him since kind of grew up in this Christian bubble with, you know, the Christian school, the Christian home, the Christian church. <laughs> and so that was my upbringing until I graduated and went to University of Redlands to pursue my teaching degree. And that's when God popped my Christian bubble and said, here's the real world (laughs) and real life. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it was like, you know, Jasmine and Aladdin on the carpet, a whole new world. But it was like, here's the real world. (laughs) I got married at 20. And my first marriage uh, is where a lot of my hardships were and where God really grew me and prepared me for uh, the ministry we're going to talk about today and healing from that divorce and the trauma in that marriage. And then God's restored my dream of a godly marriage now. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, two children and a very full household working full time and leading a nonprofit ministry. So very busy life, (laughs) very busy woman. And I love it. So excited to dive into what we're talking about her ministry. And I'm going to let her tell more about it. But Marlene has a ministry that reaches out to women who are in the exotic 
dancing industry. Mm -hmm. And that might sound very uh, racy that I'm having somebody on who (laughs) dares to step through the doors of a gentleman's club, if you will, and Mm -hmm. or strip club. And I think this is such a controversial thing. It's hard to understand how we can reach people like that, um, who are in that place. there's, There's so much surrounding men or women having issues with pornography or things like that. So then going into a place like that, it's very, um, tricky, but the truth of the matter is, is that God does need people there. So why don't you tell us how your ministry began and just kind of, uh, how God placed these sweet women on your heart. So I guess I'll talk a little bit about the ministry first, and then I'll go into like, how did God take that, you know, Christian bubble church girl to this? (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I love it. Very ironic. Uh, I started doing strip club ministry back in, I believe it was 2013. So it's been 10 years now and uh, was also leading it, uh, another organization. And when those doors closed last year, I started praying and asking the Lord if he wanted me to continue doing a strip club ministry. The Lord just really put it back on my heart and gave me a vision to start a ministry called Hidden Jewels Ministry. And it comes from Malachi 3.17, when the Lord says, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day that I take up my jewels. Mm. And I just pictured, you know, I love the fact that it's jewels. It's not just, oh, like there's other ministries out there with strip clubs that are called, you know, maybe like diamonds or they're (laughs) called treasures. I just, I just love the jewels because we're all different jewels. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord's made us each unique. No jewel is the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that these women are hidden jewels because not only are they hidden because maybe a lot of them, they don't know Christ yet. You know, we all, it's like they're the, the diamonds in the rough, you know, mm-hmm. they're in the darkness of the earth before they're mined and found. And I feel like that's how the women in the industry are. It's like they're in this dark environment that is just surrounded by death in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And the Lord takes them out and brings them into his light. Mm-hmm. And so he, it's in a sense, it's like he's coming into the clubs and he's mining them. He's wooing them mm-hmm. and to reveal the beautiful jewel that they are. I'd never really thought about that with the name of your ministry. And you had told me that that was the verse that inspired the name. But I mean, right now, when you were saying it, I was just picturing how a diamond, when a diamond or any kind of jewel comes out I mean, it literally looks like a rock. It doesn't look like anything. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's, it's dirty. You can't yeah. even see the beauty of it because it's covered in dirt. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like sin. Sin covers us from seeing our true beauty and our true worth. <laughs> and it got yeah. you have to wash it. You yeah. have to wash the gemstone to even see that it's a gem and it's not a rock. And it's so sweet that God's given you eyes to see that there is a gem in there. You know, I just love that. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like people talk about those restaurants like, oh, this place is a hidden gem. You know, it just looks <laughs> like a little... Maybe uh, even like a hole in the wall type place, but it's got the best food ever. (laughs) And so I feel like that's how women are in the industry. Like people can overlook them and how their true worth, like they're just being, you know, idolized for their outward beauty, but we know that true beauty is inward and God's spirit within us. Mm -hmm. So that comes to life when we know him. And I heard the Lord just tell me, and this was like his mandate to me in this ministry is go gather my jewels for eternity. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what we're doing. We're going into the clubs and we're gathering his jewels. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we are a nonprofit 
outreach ministry. Uh, we bring the love of God with no judgment to the women who work in the Inland Empire strip clubs. We share the gospel through our testimonies and being real with them in the ways that we've failed in life and the things that God's done in our lives. And we bring the message of the gospel woven into what we always tell them, that they are precious, they are priceless, and they're purpose jewels. The way we do strip club ministry is we bring gifts into the clubs. So we have like little, you know, gift bags that are filled with some chocolates and candies because, you know, who doesn't like mm -hmm. that? Yep. And uh, and then maybe it'll be like cosmetics or jewelry or like a Christian uh, bookmark or some scripture or maybe some seasonal decorations. Um, and we prepare like 115 gifts mm -hmm. between the five clubs that we go to each time we go out. And, and the, the heart of the gift though is because right, the gift is just, it's softening the heart to receive the message. It's kind of like how worship prepares us to hear God's word and the message. And I feel like the gift does the same thing. It opens the heart to be touched so that it can receive the word of God. That's a beautiful and, picture. And so we put on there a message, you know, like a couple paragraphs of whatever it is that the Lord's leading us to write to them. Lately, we've been doing uh, then a QR code to a video, which is like a testimonial video. And so they can go in deeper in getting to know us and uh, knowing, hearing other women's stories and what God's done in their lives. So it's kind of using uh, the written word, but it's also using a social media with our YouTube channel. We look for opportunities to pray with the women, encourage them, uh, share Jesus and looking for any opportunity to connect with them outside of the club. If they reach out to us, we uh, offer friendship, discipleship, mentoring. We have a curriculum that's made for women coming out of the industry or wanting to come out of the industry. And how do you transition from the life in the industry to, you know, so-called real life? Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? And how does God heal you and take you through that journey? We try to connect them with resources, you know, practical resources that maybe we don't have, you know, whether that be food, housing, educational things. There might be some women who like doing that for a living, but I, I would think a lot very of very few, very few. Um, <laughs> and yeah. it's more like, well, this is paying the bills and, and life is expensive exactly. right now. I mean, everywhere with inflation, I can't imagine, I can imagine it's even harder at this point and even more needed for you to get in there and give them some hope. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of them, um, they're either very young, maybe they don't have a lot of education, or maybe they're doing this as they work on their education. A lot of times they don't have financial support or there are single mothers who don't have financial support. And so it's not because they want to be there. It's because that's where they see the provision. Sometimes it's, I mean, sometimes it's like, this is the only option they see or the best option they see. Mm -hmm. Like I know women who work in the clubs and they're single moms and they actually do this because they want to have more time with their kids. Mm -hmm. And if they had a regular full-time job, they would be financially struggling even more so and have even less time with their children. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that go on in the mindset of justifying you know, like what that's they're doing. I can't imagine as a mom to just feel like that that's the thing that's going to allow you to, 
spend more time with your, with your kids. Yeah. And to know that if you choose a different job path, it's going to be a lot harder to support them. You know, and then some, there is an addiction to the easy money. It just depends. Every person's situation is different. I try to be really careful to not stereotype. Nobody wants to be negatively stereotyped and there's a lot of different things that can pull women, but you definitely see those common factors. Right. Um, that the bottom line is nobody grows up wanting to do this mm-hmm. and um, it might be all they know. And so they're just used to it. And then some of them, they just at that place of desperation. I, I love that you are just shedding a little light on just seeing these women as as people, as human beings, as treasured women, because I think likely outside of the church, people who see somebody who's struggling to live. So that's, you know, they're doing this, they're doing this as a job or they just kind of came into it or, um, you know, or there's other factors that have gotten them into this, uh, line of work. I mean, I would think other people would be very supportive about looking at them like, you know, their people. Um, but I think as Christians, it, it's tricky because I feel like, you know, we're not supposed to judge and yet it's hard not to be judgy sometimes, especially with something that's so wrapped in evil. You know, the enemy just has that. Right. And I mean, I let's be real. Statistically, there's just as much sexual sin in the church mm-hmm. as there is outside of the church. Exactly. And so, you know, a lot of women are married to husbands who are partaking in the sex industry, whether that be pornography, going to the clubs, or even purchasing sex. It's hard, I think, for sometimes for Christian women to not see them as the enemy, unfortunately. Yep. You know, it's like, well, if this woman wasn't out here throwing herself, making herself available that way, you know, so it's very easy, I think, for Christian women that need to be healed from their, their spouse's sexual sin, mm-hmm. um, it could be easy for them to judge yeah. instead of just being like, hey, this this is just a woman who has had a lot of brokenness in her life. And, you know, just like, obviously, my husband has some brokenness in his life for him to be mm-hmm. participating in these things and doing right. these behaviors. It definitely can be challenging. And I think a lot of the women in the industry, they have a hard time coming to church because mm-hmm. they already feel like they're going to be judged. That's the, it takes so much courage for women, not only to step into church, but to actually be real with what they've done mm-hmm. um, or even maybe what they're currently doing and wanting to get out of. And just like, who's going to understand me? Who's going to support me out of this and not judge me in the process? Yeah. Because you definitely have to be willing to work with women who say they love God and they're pursuing their relationship with God, but they're not financially at a place where they can quit because Mm -hmm. they have kids that are depending on them. And they're trying to look for other ways financially to care for their family before Mm -hmm. they can just jump out. I think about, you know, right now with the sound of freedom being so popular, the movie in those situations, you have people who have been trafficked and they come yes. now when they go to a church is are people going to look at them and say, oh, well, you're dirty because you were trafficked, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's like, but I'm sure there's people thinking it. Right. And it, and it tests our hearts to do we really believe that people are a new creation in Christ? Hmm. Because if they are, then all, all the old things have passed away. Yes. And we have to look at people that way. We have to treat people that way. I mean, yes, we have the wounds of our past that we carry that God has to heal and those things have to be addressed. The bottom line is it's not who you are anymore. Mm. And so 
we have to apply those truths from scripture to how we view people and we look at them when they've made those decisions to follow Christ. Absolutely. That's so beautifully said. And I hope everyone listening would just hear that and just consider, I mean, this might be really hard for the listeners to hear what we're talking about right now. You might be one of those women that we're talking about who had a husband who has, who this has hurt you because he has gone to a strip club or gotten into pornography or, you know, things like that. And so you might be listening to this going, I'm going to shut this off. I can't love those women, but (laughs) I would just challenge you to, to just listen in and let God just speak to your heart through Mm. the rest of her conversation today, because we're not saying that it's not, that it's okay that those things happen. Right. Just saying, you know, we're all God, we're all people and God wants all of our hearts and God calls us to not just not just pursue the people who have it together because that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's not the gospel at all, yeah. but yeah. to pursue the yeah. people or with little quote unquote, little sins, um, which is mm-hmm. silly because sin yeah. is sin. <laughs> sin, so, <is> sin. <laughs> yeah. And, and let's just call it as it is. Sexual sin is sexual sin. Amen. You Amen. know, uh, people don't look down on you in the church. If you're sleeping together before marriage. Yep. But that's just as big of a deal in the Bible and mm-hmm. the word of God. So yep. God calls you in your fornication and sleeping together before marriage or even living together before marriage, just as serious as the woman who's walking the street, selling her body. And we can even see it's, in the Bible where Jesus approached and and healed and helped women who were in similar industries and were having similar things absolutely. back in that time. I mean, women... Were, women were even less able to make a living, even less. And so there right. was a lot of women who got stuck. I mean, their husbands could divorce them for anything. I mean, because they're, they burnt the food, they could divorce them. So then they would be out on their own. So back then that was, that was hard and it's hard now. I mean, there's people with good jobs who are struggling to keep up with our economy. Yes. And so yeah. I, I do really hope that, that, throughout this conversation that you would just take a look, take a listen to what we're saying and let the Holy spirit soften your heart towards the concept of just loving people right where they're at. Um, even if their sin is something you don't understand because you have not walked that path. Uh, I would just Mm -hmm. really encourage you to just keep listening. And as we continue to talk about this sweet ministry. Okay. So you were going to tell us a little more about kind of your, your journey to why you are reaching out to these women. Yeah. Right. How did God take, uh, not just an innocent, but a naive Christian girl we were stood <laughs> we were both, ministry. We were both so very like goody two shoes. Naive. Yes. <laughs> like, innocence is great. You know, yeah. innocence is every parent's dream for their children, mm-hmm. but naivety, not so much. <laughs> I wish I was less naive, but the Lord did his work and he prepared me anyways. And, and it made me aware to realize that a lot of people in the church are naive to the sex industry and uh, the lies of the industry. And that's why we have so much pornography addictions and even adultery, you know, um, fornication, things like that. Like people don't really understand the gravity of sexual sin and the destruction it can do to your life and the lives of others around you. 
I, I mean, once it starts to grip you, it's, it is very difficult to climb out of it because um, yes. the enemy really can get you there. Cause it affects, uh, it affects not just your body, but your brain and how your brain, brain processes things. Yeah, absolutely. So just to show is like a peak <laughs> and I think a very funny and ironic example of my naivety and what God <laughs> took me from when I was 21 and I would been, I'd been married for a year. I actually applied for a stripping job, not realizing I was applying for a stripping job. That's how naive I was. <laughs> I what did it say? What did the, the I, um, job description. Okay. So this is like what, this has got to be 2004. <laughs> I was 21 <laughs> years old at 2004. And, um, I was my, you know, towards the end of my college, getting my credential and master's degree. And I was like, you know, could use some extra money right now till I get through, you know, college and all that. And so I saw a newspaper ad that said dancing with triple dollar signs. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Dancing good money. I can dance. I can learn how to dance. Like I don't really have no dancing experience, but Hey, they want to teach me. I can dance. <laughs> and so I'm going through this phone interview and, you know, at first it's just like questions like, Oh, you know, what's your, what they're asking me, like my size and like my body type. And I'm like, okay, I guess they just want to make sure, you know, the dancers are somewhat fit or maybe attractive. Like they don't want what they might consider as unattractive dancers. <laughs> Or they need to know for costume measurements. I don't know. <laughs> it's still innocent to me. And then they start asking these questions like how comfortable do I feel around men? And that's when the like little red flags are like going off. And I'm like, comfortable around men. And how vulnerable are you willing to be around men? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like it suddenly just hits me what it is I'm really <laughs> interviewing for and applying for. And I felt so embarrassed. And I was just like, I am so sorry. I didn't realize it was for this kind of job. <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I just hung up. I was like, wow. I wonder how <laughs> many women, I wonder how many women actually like have the same thing, you know, like who actually get into it, not really fully understanding it. Like, yeah, sure. Like I could be around men, like picture more of like a Hooters, uh, restaurant right. situation where you're just kind of wearing mm -hmm. like tight fitting clothes and serving people like serving families and people, um, yeah. you know, you just never know what people assume when they get into it. It's true. And there's actually, um, a lot of trafficking methods. They are very deceptive. Like mm -hmm. they'll say it's for a modeling job or, you know, especially like women that are pursuing Hollywood and careers in Hollywood they can get sucked into being trafficked into pornography and it'll start with a modeling gig or something like that. But in reality, it, and it might be a, even a legitimate modeling gig, but you don't realize they're grooming you to get, you know, a modeling gig that's naked. It's mm -hmm. pornography. And then it's to get you to actually work into the industry and make even more money. Or they'll say, well, you can start your acting career in pornography, mm -hmm. you know, and some people get discovered that way. And so, well, so many TV shows and movies, I would say even now it would be even easier to pull people into that because so many TV shows and movies, I mean, on primetime television are allowed to have stuff that you used to not be able to have nudity and all sorts of things that are just there. And so I could see people 
trying to convince people, well, it's just this, it's not, you know, everyone's doing this, it's fine. And there are major models who model with very little clothing or, yeah. And so you kind of like, maybe you just justify it and go like, okay, this is my way in. I mean, I remember I was a set costumer for a CW network TV show and one of the actresses, um, and I won't say her name, but she's a well-known actress now, but I just remember they had a scene where they wanted her to have her shirt off and she sat crying with me while she was getting ready. And I told her, tell him no, tell him no. And she was like, but I can't, my sister moved in with me and I'm taking care of her and I can't lose this job. And, and she was just, and so it breaks my heart anytime I see her because I see her around Mm. a lot on things and I just, my heart's broken for her. Cause I just, her, I was like, tell them, no, there was another girl in the same TV show who was very particular about, they wanted her to do things. She was like, Nope. She's like, I, you cannot do that. She was in a scene with her bathing suit and she covered herself up with a towel. They said, we don't want you to do that. She said, I don't care. And she's also a major celebrity now. (laughs) And she was very like, nope, sorry. And I mean, same directors, same everybody. And just that different personality of getting like drug into something. So I could see if that hadn't been a legit thing, she probably could have easily been pulled that other direction. Yeah, absolutely. So It was really during my 20s and early 30s that uh, with my last marriage that God really grew me up and matured me and my faith in some really hard and hard areas. And uh, my ex-husband definitely had some addictions in his life. And so learning to be unconditionally loving with the heart of God, to unconditionally keep forgiving and uh, to keep loving that person for the long haul for so many years through addiction and believing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe the Lord used that to prepare my heart for loving women in the industry mm-hmm. because the average woman in the industry, they leave the industry eight times before they actually stay out for good. Wow. And that's because of that financial pull. And you know, that's like financially, they keep finding themselves in a circumstance that's like, well, I was trying to leave and now I'm back. Mm. Um, you know, and I'm sure, you know, some of them, they got their own addictions too, that the addiction, you know, draws them back. When you go into this ministry, you really have to have it in your heart and in your spirit and your mind. Like I'm here for the long haul to love these women to life. You have to be very patient. You have to be long suffering in the sense of you keep ministering to them and ministering to them and giving to them and giving to them without seeing a whole lot of fruit because that's the heart of God who just patiently woos us and pursues us, you know, but he respects our free will and he respects our choices and where we're at. And he just longs for our repentance and for us to come to him. I feel like doing that in my first marriage and then also being somebody who had to heal from sexual sin. uh, I had to forgive sexual sin. And I also know what it's like to fall into it myself Mm. and be able to heal uh, both ways. So that really brings you to a place where you definitely takes away any judgment that would be there Mm. because you know how to love people who are caught in sexual sin. And I also have the testimony of getting out of it 
And I know how easy it can be to fall into it. The things you think you would never do, well, in the right circumstances and the right places and one compromising decision after another, well, there you go. You just did what you said you would never do. Right. You know, and that's speaking from somebody who loves God. So, you know, if you don't even know God, there's nothing stopping you from going down the path of sexual sin. You know, I think a long time ago used to be a lot more taboo in society even. So it'd be a lot harder, but now it's, it's celebrated. I mean, you know, people say you do you and, you know, you just do the thing that you want to do. And, um, people don't want to claim that they need God, even Christians, you know, and, And when we, you know, encourage young couples in their marriages and we say, don't ever say it won't happen to me. Don't ever say that. Right. You just, cause it's really, it's, it's prideful. (laughs) It is, you know, like, even though I, cause I, I had to realize for me in my circumstance, like just because I've never been tempted that way before and there's plenty of opportunity and it was like, that don't even bother me. I'm not tempted by that. Right. Well, careful. Yeah, because it doesn't mean you never would be in a position where you would be tempted. Like I know I was in denial. I was in denial yeah. until it was like it's too late. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm glad that you're so honestly sharing that because I think people need to hear that and people need to hear don't have pride in it. I mean, honestly, like yeah. that the way to like healing and to freedom is humility. I did an episode a couple episodes ago that was just talking about how we can just get caught into bondage. Even as believers, we could give our lives to Jesus. We could be saved. We could be going to heaven, but we could spend our days here on earth, miserable and in a prison of our own making. We could make choices yeah. that continue to separate us from God's heart and allow us to just, even without, even if we're still saying, oh yeah, I love God. I love God. But there's these things that just put us in a prison. And if we're not willing to admit it, we're not saying this is easy. We're not saying like Marlene said, she's been in a position herself where she had to realize that uh, she had gotten herself into a bad place. And that is And that's okay too. God has grace and he has big shoulders, but I love that he prepared you and allowed you to walk through those things so that you could, so that you can be loving on these women. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, I mean, it's not really talking about the ministry, but I think a lot of, you know, the listeners can relate more with just sexual sin and whether it's in ourselves or somebody we love. I know for me, like when I was in my sexual sin, what kept me close to God was running to him mm-hmm. while I was in it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because you really have two choices when you're in sin and you feel stuck in it. You can either run from God so that you close off that conviction of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. or you can keep running to God out of desperation mm-hmm. and asking for him to show you a way out and to strengthen you or whatever it might be. Cause Lord, the Lord can help us in so many different ways. But sometimes when you just feel you're like, you're in that stuck place, like I would just encourage, you know, anyone who's listening, if you feel like you're stuck, whether it be in sexual sin or anything, like keep running to God. Mm-hmm. I know it hurts because you keep feeling that conviction and you know, that guilt that the enemy wants to put on you, but it's absolutely necessary because mm-hmm. if you don't keep running to God in your sin, you will harden your heart towards the sin. Mm -hmm. And therefore you're hardening your heart towards God and being able to hear him. 
And you absolutely can hear from God. You can hear from the Holy Spirit while you're in sin, uh-huh. if you're calling out to him and humbling yourself before him. And he He hears you and he meets you where you're at. Well, and I think sometimes with sin, we all hope that once we confess it, that it's going to just go away. Like, okay, Lord, forgive me. Here it is. It's going to go away. And then I think sometimes it can feel shameful when it comes back. Like, oh my gosh, I thought I got rid of this. Like, why am I dealing with this again? But the truth of the matter is, is the enemy knows what our weaknesses are. And he's probably going to keep throwing that in your face for a while. And I think giving ourselves grace as we're walking uh, the path of freedom from different sins and things. And I think like, it's so sweet that that is what you are offering these women is the opportunity to start walking towards God. And I think that's like with the church, like we were talking about before, it's hard because there can be a judgment there. There can be women who don't want to reach out to them. And God definitely needs women to reach out to women. Well, I just think like, it's so precious what you are offering them because we just, we all need that. We all need to know we're not alone. We all need to know that like the dirtiest thing that we could have possibly done in the most despicable moments of our lives, like God is good and God offers forgiveness and love and freedom from that. No matter how many times, eight, 20, 30 times that it takes for us to walk away from it. And I think it was so important that you said that on general walk away eight times um, before they actually leave. And I feel like that will give somebody grace, even if you're not walking through the same thing as some of these ladies, I think it would give you some grace and understanding God's heart for us and our human condition. So yeah, the Lord used a lot of uh, just my hardships and um, hurt from my last marriage to prepare me and have the character for this ministry. And then, but how did the Lord actually open these doors? It was just living life and being like at a women's um, business network meeting. And I just heard the Lord say to me, you see that woman over there, go befriend her. Mm -hmm. And so her and I became friends. And uh, later into the friendship, she shared with me her story about how Uh, She was in the sex industry. The Lord used that long conversation sitting in a Coco's parking lot to just completely open my eyes to understand. It was like, it's like the scales fell off and my, all the naivety of the sex industry just was taken away. And I was able to see the women for who they are as women and the, the common reasons of what brings them into the industry, all the the terrible things that they often experience while in the industry and then all the healing and all the restoration that has to take place in like every part of their lives practically mm-hmm. when they come out. And it just gave me such a huge heart for them. And then I just started listening and reading to other women's stories uh, who had been in the sex industry and it just sealed my heart and my love for them. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lord just kind of given me a love to go to places, to go to those dark places that most people don't want to go to. They're not comfortable to go to. And it's like, Lord, send me. I want to go there. I want to go to the place that most people don't want to go because bringing your light to the darkness, like, you know, if you shine a light in a bright room, you're not going to see that much of a difference because there's already light there. Mm -hmm. But you go take even the smallest light into the darkest pit and you can notice it. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what God's love does. Like God's love is so beautifully bright when you take it into the sex industry. It's beautiful. And I think sometimes we just like to serve in neat places where things are a little bit more, um, you know, tidy and it's just such a sweet <laughs> reminder. Or comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah. You know, like it's a lot more comfortable to serve the homeless soup on Thanksgiving or, you know, whatever, like, and maybe that's not comfortable for some people, but, um, you know, (laughs) or, or wrap up a present for a kid and send it to an orphanage in Mm -hmm. Africa. Like those are all really wonderful things, but God does need us and not God hasn't called all of us to the same thing. And that is, I think important thing that I want to point out. And especially like with the podcast that I think is really cool that I get to interview different women who are serving God in so many different facets. And I hope that if this is tugging your heart, that you'll start thinking, well, if I have a heart and a love for these women, what could I do to help them? Um, and realize that God does need, God does need you in those dark places. It is a very dark place. And I could see how, I could see how they would feel uncomfortable walking into a church. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like even me as a believer, loving God, there are things where you want to look like you kind of have it together, you know? You go to church regularly, you miss a Sunday and someone's like, oh, where were you last week? And there's this, there's this sound of like, oh, that must, that must be a smaller church. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I mean, happen. We're, we go to a bigger church, but we have had that experience when we were professional yeah. athletes, and we would travel. And so we wouldn't be home every weekend. And mm. I remember thinking like, I'm comfortable here. Like I love God. I've always loved God. I want to serve him. And you're making me feel like I'm a horrible person. And that is like, I can't imagine how these yeah. feel. Right. Also, I'm just drawn to that scripture where Paul is talking about, you know, if somebody comes into your congregation wearing like great, like beautiful clothes and all of these things, and someone comes in that's poor. And I would even consider like, these women or different than you or different sin than you or dealing with something, we're still supposed to serve them too and love them too, right where they're at. Absolutely. You already talked about how you do the ministry and how you kind of disperse everything. Um, Are you still reaching out to schools and things like that? We we definitely have a heart for prevention because my goodness, prevention of people getting stuck into the industry or, you know, that's so much easier than dealing with the aftermath of being in it. Uh, We're very big about educating youth Mm -hmm. and educating parents about sex trafficking and how to realize if you are being trafficked, the signs of it, and also with internet safety, because Mm -hmm. a lot of trafficking is happening online. And what does every kid have? A device in their hand. You put a Mm -hmm. smart device in your hand, you are potentially allowing your kids, however young, to be exposed to traffickers and people who are very good at what they do in being deceptive and winning over trust to traffic. We also uh, like to educate just on statistics of like pornography and just sexual sin. And like I said, you know, statistics show a lot of uh, sexual sin is in the church just as much as outside of the church, sadly. And so I think bringing statistics and the word of God together is very powerful uh, <laughs> yeah. because it shows like 
one, it confirms what the Bible talks about. Like the Bible knows God knows what he's talking about when he says to keep sex within marriage, because Mm -hmm. statistically you can see all the damage that sexual sin does in people's life oftentimes. Mm -hmm. So, and if it doesn't do that, it's truly like the mercy and grace of God. We really love to just shine the light on the industry and how it may affect people's lives so that people can be set free and the truth that sets us free, right? Hey Hey guys, it's Kevin and Caroline Rogers. Rogers. As you probably know by now, we love our marriage and are so passionate about giving others the tools they need to truly have a joyful marriage. It breaks our hearts to know the divorce rate, whether you are a Christian or not, is 50%. Yikes. We also know that nobody gets married and hopes to have a divorce. Exactly. This is why we feel God has given us the motivation to equip as many couples as possible before walking down the aisle. On our 20th wedding anniversary, we launched an online premarital course. We share our own experiences as well as what God's Word says about marriage. In it, we go over five cornerstones of a healthy God-honoring marriage and give you tangible tips on how to walk in it. You'll have over five hours of video teaching from us along with downloadable resources to take into your marriage. We have always loved our marriage and want you to love yours too. If you're getting married and would love to have some great tools to take into marriage, Join us today for the course. Hey, even if you know anyone who is getting married, be sure to share this info with them. Link to the course is in the show notes or on our website, MarriedRogersNeighborhood.com. While you're busy planning your wedding, don't forget to plan your marriage. Join Join us us and and learn learn how how to thrive and not just survive. I love teaching about true love weights too. So we'll go into youth groups or organizations, whoever will have us. And I love sharing about true love weights and looking at, you know, all the benefits that come from listening to the word of God and having pure hearts, but also what does the word of God say about how do we be pure and those practical things um, that we have to implement in our lives in order to live a life of purity. Well, and I think not every kid or teenager or young adult has been taught what to look out for. Or even if you grew up in the church, I mean, look at you, like you didn't even catch that you were starting to apply as a exotic dancer, you know, like, and I think it's, those are all hard conversations, the sex conversations. Those are hard conversations to have with your kids. They really are, but it really is important. And it's so important as parents to be equipped and to understand the kind of world we live in. And I really love to make it a normal conversation, not an awkward one, like birds and bees, one, one and done conversation. Like this is an ongoing topic. You teach your kids at age appropriate ways as they're growing up. Like I taught my stepson about pornography at seven Mm -hmm. years old. He didn't even know what sex was yet. Yeah. But you can teach them in innocent ways. And I heard somebody say, it's not if your child will see pornography, it's Mm -hmm. like when, When. and they're saying that by the time boys are seven is when like their bodies start to kind of flip into that puberty. I think I like girls. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and I think people just want to be naive to the fact that like, oh, it's fine. They're fine. You know, but there's so much more stimulation in that area now. Like even from when we were a kid, I mean, maybe you might've seen a billboard for a strip club, but it really wouldn't have had anything. It would have just had a picture of a girl with the name of the strip club on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, if you were going to see pornography when we were kids, um, it would have been like, 
somebody had a magazine, magazine you know, or yeah, like you walked by a magazine that someone moved the little cover over at the store, you know, um, that would have been yeah. where we would have seen it. You know, we didn't have internet. So I think now just knowing how accessible it is, it's so good because that helps these kids and parents to be able to help them make good decisions. And I think too, what's great is your heart for the women in the clubs is it's not just, Hey, let me help you get out of this, but let me also equip the next generation and people in the church and school and anywhere to be able to approach this in a way where the enemy can, you know, hopefully not pull you into bondage. Right. Because as a church, we can't afford to be naive. Mm. We really can't because the enemy is so good at what he does in ensnaring us, whether that just be one compromising decision at a time leading us to where we don't want to go, or whether that be getting our kids when they are young and they don't know what they do. Like, I think there's nothing that makes me more angry than seeing the enemy ensnare our children Mm -hmm. into any kind of addiction um, before they even understand what it is. And it's, uh, you know, sometimes I I have to, like, forgive parents, too, because I see parents are not equipping their kids. And it's like, oh, please, please equip your kids. Like, you have no idea Like we can't afford to be ignorant as parents and what our kids are facing nowadays. And I think with, you know, not to kind of go off on a rabbit trail, but I think with all the transgender stuff that's being pushed in our schools and that whole sexual agenda, it is one good thing that's coming out of it is I feel like it's waking parents up to see like, oh my gosh, this is the stuff they want to teach my kids and force on them. Like the question, are you a boy or a girl? And, you know, like we know people in entertainment who are gay and they're upset by it. Like, no, 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 they're right. kids. Like, yeah, okay. they're like, I they didn't sign up to be a part of it. this. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I've seen several of them speaking out online saying like, don't let me into this right. group that thinks this is okay because yeah. I don't, <laughs> you know, and I think they yeah, it's creating of, division even for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. You're just equipping people with that. Now, do you have any story to share of uh, maybe somebody you can talk about that you uh, ministered to in a club where you kind of saw God move um, and what that looked like? I guess to start generally speaking, we definitely see women are majority of the women in the clubs are very receptive towards the love that's being shown to them and feeling encouraged. They're often very show a lot of gratitude and appreciation. They'll give us hugs mm-hmm. and you know that it's really touching their spirit and making their day. It's planting those seeds, watering those seeds, even though they may not be just full out giving their life to Christ. It's preparing them to receive Christ when they're ready. Um, Of course, we're always very vigilant about praying that today is the day of salvation. We're always believing and looking for those opportunities for women to come to Christ now. But we have uh, seen the Lord bring some women to actually reach out to us And sometimes it was just friendship and befriending them. And, you know, uh, just having that friend that's outside of the club, but also understands what they're going through in the club and their struggles. And that's very powerful just to be that safe friend for them. Sometimes we have the opportunity to minister to women more in discipleship terms. And uh, one of the women that came out of the industry, we went through 
Uh, so it's a curriculum called X Girls. Mm-hmm. And so it's a workbook that, you know, kind of helps you lead your life out of the industry and into, you know, quote unquote, regular life, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that God can heal those things from the industry as you transition out, you know, to this day, she's become one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And so a beautiful friendship came out of that. It's just, it's really neat to see the restoration the Lord does in these women's lives. What would you, so if people are listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, my heart is being tugged. How can I help (laughs) Marlene? Please tell me. So definitely prayer. Prayer is definitely the biggest way of just uh, praying for our ministry, um, praying for other ministries like us and praying for the women in the clubs more than anything. Um, this this past year, ever since Hidden Jewels started, like the Lord just really has been quickening my heart and impressing salvation like never before. And just really wanting to see breakthrough for these women to truly receive Christ and uh, begin walking with Christ and know that freedom. Because we're not here just to bring women out of the industry. Anybody can maybe help these women come out of the industry. There's plenty of government organizations out there that are not you know, they're not faith related or faith based. They're not bringing God's love, at least not directly. You know, they're just helping the women out of the industry. But how are these women truly going to heal without Jesus? Mm-hmm. How are these women truly going to know who they are without Jesus? So it's all about Jesus to me and then finding salvation. So praying for that. You could also pray for us to find the right ministry partners mm-hmm. because there are so many needs. It's honestly overwhelming at times, trying to think about how to address all the different needs (laughs) that women have when they come out. And so we need the right ministry partners and resources to come alongside us and help women when they want the help, because we can't do everything being a little ministry that we are, (laughs) you know, and and there really is no, even a big ministry, you know, it's pretty difficult to do everything. And I think that's cool that God made it so that we couldn't do it without each other because that is the joy is like the community and serving together and just seeing God move. Um, Do you want to tell people where they can find and follow you on social media? www.hiddenjewelsministry.com is our website. Uh, Our YouTube video is at Hidden Jewels Ministry and pretty much the same thing. Like I actually put ministry in the name because if you just look up Hidden Jewels, (laughs) you'll find people selling jewelry, (laughs) you'll find other stuff. Uh, So you have to specifically put in Hidden Jewels Ministry on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the website, and you're going to find us. So and you have, <laughs> and you have interviews industry. with women who have come out of the industry on your YouTube yes. and you, uh, so if you're interested in hearing more stories of women, yes. who God has delivered, you can find all of that on the hidden jewels ministry, YouTube. And, and if you want to get involved and if you want to give to her ministry in whatever way, whether you have a resource or financially, um, you can do that on your website. Yes. You can donate on the website and there's uh, several different ways you can donate. Uh, there. Um, Cause yeah, doing 115 gifts does get expensive yeah, <laughs> for absolutely. outreach. So, absolutely. and all of our, um, nobody in our nonprofit is paid. So like a hundred percent of donations go directly to the women or the ministry needs. It's not going, we're all volunteers in the ministry. So uh, we also could use, if anybody's listening and they have video 
editing skills uh, or social media skills. Like that's something we're desiring to grow in and not have these amateur YouTube videos or you know, an amateur social media presence. Because a lot of times um, if you have a successful ministry base online, you actually will find more women reaching out from the industry that just find you online versus women you're actually reaching in the clubs. So right. that's something we're definitely wanting to grow in, but we could really use help with people who have those skills. One, well, yeah, the strategy to be able to reach the right people that could use right. the help. That's awesome. I love, I love that. Yeah. So if you're listening and you want to help, these are all the ways that you can help. You can go on the website, you can give financially. You could, if you have a resource, if you are somebody who helps people get back on their feet in any kind of facet and you know that you could help, please reach out to Marlene. And if you are somebody who is in the industry and you're hearing this and you're feeling seen and loved, uh, please reach out to Marlene. <laughs> she would love to talk to you and encourage you and give you the resources that they have and just remind you that you are God's beautiful jewel, uh, no matter how you feel right now yeah. at the moment. And even for the women who are in the industry, we want you to know that as women, we know sometimes we can feel like that anyway, but God does see us as his beautiful jewels. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, if, unless you had anything else to add, I was going to do the rapid fire questions. Let's do it. All right. Um, <laughs> We've been talking a long time. <laughs> we have. Um, what is giving you life right now? I've, I'm in a very busy, demanding season of life right now. So as funny as it is outside of God, of course, is honestly um, having better time management, mm. <laughs> it's giving me life right now. Like I only watch TV one to two nights a week. And so cutting out TV has allowed me to do everything I need to do, I put my children to bed. And then I go and work on what I need to do instead of like, Oh, let me have me downtime. So mm. cutting that out, um, having healthy me time instead of lazy me time. <laughs> yeah, that's, and then honestly, I just been at this place where I'm having no excuses when it comes to healthy eating mm -hmm. and overall just making healthy choices. And I'm seeing that's giving me the energy I need to do everything I have to do, mm -hmm. because if I don't eat right, I am so fatigued and tired. So that's what's giving me life right now. <laughs> Someone might need to hear, might definitely need to hear that because I think that all of us at, you know, times have those crazy busy and being intentional is really important. Like it, yes. really, it really yeah. helps. Do you have a book playlist or podcast recommendation? Okay. A uh, book is, I've kind of been focused a lot on uh, when I read things outside of the word, like developing even more as a leader. And so my heart is definitely on good, healthy leadership. So a devotional book by John Maxwell called The Leader's Heart. Mm. It's a really good uh, reflective, he asks questions in the devotional. So it really gets you thinking as a leader and how kind of like taking it before the Lord and how you're doing and how you can keep growing and podcasts outside of yours. Of course, I don't have a lot of time to listen to podcasts and you're one of the few, but I also like, uh, the emotionally healthy leader Ooh. by Pete Scazzaro, but he's been in leadership, uh, ministry for like over four decades, something like that. 
And he's got some really good, well-grounded in the word insight on the emotionally healthy leader. What about your life verse or verse that is speaking to you right now? Uh, I'll just go life verse, uh, Matthew 5, 16. It's the very first verse the Lord used to, uh, that I heard the Holy Spirit invite me into relationship. And this is the verse that led me to give my life to Christ. It says, uh, let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Mm, so there you go shining it in the strip clubs Amen. shining it at home shining it out in the streets shining mm-hmm. it in the highways and the byways wherever the lord takes you shine it this little light of mine i'm gonna <laughs> let it shine <laughs> i sing that with my daughter <laughs> i love that i love those those old songs we used to sing are so good like even the when you're little you know they're just so rich Well, this has been so wonderful and I am so grateful that you came on and I'm grateful that we're going to get to air this podcast. I am just so excited to have this out there and um, just please reach out to Marlene if you have any questions or if you have any resources for her. Um, And uh, thank you so much. Have a beautiful day, friend. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Caroline. All right, friends, that's it for today. I'm so thankful you joined us and hope it spurs you on to encourage someone else. You can find and interact with me at Real Housewives of the Kingdom on both Instagram and Facebook and my website, marriedrogersneighborhood.com, which is linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would really appreciate if you would rate and review the podcast wherever you are listening. Just remember, we are in this together. God loves you and you are not alone. See you next time.